Good morning and welcome to Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. We're here at the store at 3000 West Springfield in Champaign here at the corner of Springfield and Duncan. So swing by if you can or join us by phone at 217-356-9397. That's 356-WDWS. You can also text us at 217-351-5357. We have our experts standing by including Steve Brown. Good morning. Good morning. And John Weisgarver. Good morning. Good morning. And Marianne is uh, on a bit of a vacation. Good for her. Oh, you shouldn't yeah. have told them because they heard of the, her voice in that commercial. They probably thought she was just here. Oh, good point. Memorex. Yeah. Why is she I quiet? So why is she so quiet today? <laughs> Sometimes she's quiet. <laughs> okay, so not we very can, often. We can play along with that, I guess. You guys, <laughs> John, you have some color here. What do you got with? What are those things? Oh Ooh. my goodness! Holy Toledo! Is that flower taller than me? I think it is. Probably. Well, only because it's on the cart. And yeah. because I'm short. But yeah. well, that's a good point. About what, four to four to five feet. Is it a mandevilla? Mandevilla? Oh, no, it's perennial hibiscus. That's an hibiscus. Okay. That's what we always I didn't talk know about. They got those I guess I've just never are seen so them. cool, aren't they? That large. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Pretty That's cool. A beautiful pink, like some fuchsia in it, and uh, well, they're in their glory outside in everybody's off. garden right now. Oh, and and like yeah. John said, though, I mean, some varieties a little bit shorter, but most of them, I'd say, in that four to five foot range that yeah. are established and. And they're just just incredible. Yeah. What do hypothesis like? This one's called Candy Crush. Sun. Nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I didn't. Sun. Full sun. Yeah, full sun, or at least a half a day of full sun. Yeah. Okay. To do well. But they're a perennial for Zone Five. Mm-hmm. Wow. They're, you know, we always talk about them early in the like spring. People wonder if they were, they're dead because they haven't leafed out yet, like everything else has. But they're one of the latest things to leaf out in the perennial garden. Absolutely. That's for right. sure. So it's not unusual to see it leafing out mid to late may even yeah a lot uh, of times we have, we have people at mother's day going my hibiscus isn't out yet and it's well maybe give it a couple more weeks yeah. hang in there it'll don't it'll worry come about on. it yet yeah okay very cool mostly all in those pink pink to fuchsia tones and the the selection's getting down but you still have eight to ten varieties oh, out there maybe, maybe yeah more. several several uh, and then they're 25 percent off still too so you can not only Enjoy them right now this year, but then you can enjoy them for years to come. The other special that you've got going on is some echinacea, and this is this special on the echinacea is only through Monday. Yes. Right. Yes. And those are on sale for twelve dollars. Whoa. Yeah. That's great. They're awesome. Normally twenty. I love it. And the variety of colors are beautiful. You've Twenty like varieties red, of coneflowers. Yellow, orange. Yeah, I couldn't pink, bring them all. The white. <laughs> Twenty varieties, folks. But, wow. But in the last few years, they've come out with these, just all these really screaming hot colors. Mm-hmm. So we have yellows, orange, reds, burgundies. I mean, like cinnamon colors. True orange. True red. Traditional purple. True white. yellow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And there's some doubles. Uh, I don't see any of the yeah. doubles in this one. These are all singles. I didn't they grab any of those. Yeah, but. but there's some great doubles out there, too. I think John had one up here last week. Yeah. But a fresh batch that came in, we have hundreds and hundreds of them. What do you mean by doubles and singles? Uh, you remember where we had that, had that uh, we talked about that one that looked like a dandelion, dandelion on steroids, where it was a yellow flower, and it had the large petals right in the middle there, too. Okay. 
Um, and uh, again, 20 varieties. And they're one and two gallon pots, and they're 12 bucks. 12 bucks. Through Monday. Yep. Nice. And if you say, well, it's too hot this weekend to plant, just buy it, water it daily at home, yep. and uh, plant it when it's more convenient for you. I mean, that's what we, we all do that. We yeah. pick something up and, oh, we don't quite have time, but but set it aside in the where it's not going to be in the blazing sun. Yeah. And, and do, you ever, do it when you can. Do you ever transplant it, like, and you tell yourself temporarily, but you know that the plant could use it, and so you, you go ahead and just throw it in a container with maybe a few other things and then, and then pull them out once you have time and put it together? You certainly could do that. Okay. If I was I, going to do that, I'd tend to use it with a plan that I'm going to use it for the season yeah. in a container with annuals for color, and then I'll transplant it in the fall. Okay. You know, as opposed to thinking, I'm just going to do it for the middle of the summer and rip it out, because if you rip it out then, you're going to be disturbing it so much because you'll be leaving some of the roots behind. Okay. So. But I, that, in fact, I this week had a lot of people grabbing some perennials like that and say, oh, I'm just going to refresh my containers with it. You know, add it with some mm-hmm. tropicals and replace the ones that, that are stressed you'll out. You'll have that color all the way up through the end. So again, gallon and two gallon echinacea up to nineteen ninety nine regularly on sale for twelve bucks through Monday. Twenty varieties, which would represent probably legitimately eight to nine to ten different colors or shades of colors mm-hmm. um, with it. And then you've got some other cool fresh perennials that just arrived too. What you got? Yeah. One one of my favorites, and I like to recommend it to everybody, is the Coreopsis. Yeah. Because it's so satisfying. It's a really long-lived bloomer, and you deadhead it, and it's going to rebound for you a couple times. Wonderful. Well, that's like a, a true beautiful bright yellow, golden yellow, and then... Uh, Kind of a bronze in the middle. That's one of the, the ones in the uptick series. And I think you have three or four varieties of the upticks, mm-hmm. but then you have some other coreopsis out there well, too. But like John said, they, the flowers just last for weeks and weeks and weeks because there's so many buds that just keep on coming on. And then That's that's where we always have that question, what, what perennial is going to bloom all season, <laughs> which, you know, there really isn't one. But, but this, is, this blooms pretty long time. Okay. Yeah. And then how... How large will it get, the Coreopsis? Just different different varieties get a little bit different, but anywhere between 12 and 18 inches, most of them. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. And do they spread? They are, uh, they're not spreading. It'll grow larger in size, but it's just, not going to creep just, out and it's not, run okay. and Yeah, that's take what over. I'm trying to say. It's not a creeper. Okay. Yep. And you got some fresh lavender in as I well. I love the lavender. Oh my gosh, we got tons of different ones. This is beautiful. Uh, really, one that's been around forever. The the hid coat or hid coatee. Some people say it's dainty. Fancy people. Yes. Uh, you lovely. got that. I think phenomenal. Super blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, handful of varieties in gallon pots. Absolutely stunning. Yeah. And how long does lavender bloom? Well, it starts kind of now-ish, uh, first mid-summer. part of midsummer, yeah. Okay. And uh, most important thing about lavender, you want to have it in really well-drained soil. Uh, don't like to have their feet wet. Nope. Okay. Nope. 
Got it. And so. they often overwinter as a perennial, uh, not as reliable as some things. But if it's in well-drained soil, like John said, uh, you have a decent chance of them overwintering. If you want to help ensure it, you could mulch it in as you go into the winter uh, with a shredded bark mulch, something that would be very porous and would drain away well. You wouldn't want to use a heavy mulch like soil up right. around it. Okay. But you could right. do that, and that would help ensure it to overwinter. Uh, but very rewarding, awesome, um, not terribly difficult to bring inside the house in overwinter if you have a bright window. Uh, so you could go that route, too. Or you could try the hmm. suspended animation, semi-dormancy thing if you had a cool, bright shed like Marianne does. Oh, okay. uh, that uh, you can yeah, keep it in. So you have too. a couple different options. But um, just... And it's easy just to even grow it as an annual in a container, not even worry about it, because you can enjoy it yeah. all summer long. Absolutely. So it's pretty cool. And then you've got an allium over there? Is that what? Yeah, millennium. Flowering onion. Allium. That was, I think, perennial of the year a couple of years ago. I, mean, I love the... the uh, are they not quite leaves? What do you call these? Those, those are leaves. leaves. Are they leaves? Okay. Those are leaves. Well, they're beautiful. I love the bright green. Long and nice strappy. And firm and yes. It's a neat texture for the yeah, perennial garden. It is. Yes. For sure. Or you could put, again, you could put that in a container just as a, a completely different texture than you're going to get from any of your annuals. Okay. That should be nice. Oh, my goodness. I'm looking at the photo now of what they look like when they'll open up. Just a beautiful pink. Like, little pinky lavender. Yep. Yeah. 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 Pretty so cool. lots of fun things. So like absolutely. A, lots right. more fresh plants again this week. Yes, sir. So good to That's go. great. Yep. Still a few hydrangeas left. I've been eyeballing the tree hydrangeas that you put up by the front <sighs> entrance. Oh, yeah. Just, just absolutely stunning. I drove up and so. I went, holy hydrangea, Batman. <laughs> they are yeah. all in full bloom. So if you, yeah. if you want to see what you're going to get when they are at their peak, you should come shopping right now. And uh, we've got another special that's a coupon special. So I think you'd have to go to Prairie Garden's Facebook page or Prairie Garden's website to see that coupon. But there might be a special on 8-inch foliage hanging baskets out there, too. Ah. Just might. I think there is. Yeah. Eight inch it's a coupon, and you need to go check it out. You can just pull it up on your phone and show it to the cashiers and get a screaming deal on some pretty cool... I love that. Houseplant hanging baskets. You don't have to wa waste yeah. any paper printing it up or anything. No. Yeah. Not Excellent. At all. So, Johnny, any uh, common questions besides uh, You know, it, it was kind of a uh, not a week for a lot of questions, which I was kind of glad about. <laughs> you could use a bit of <laughs> well, a break. <laughs> you know, it's kind of the same ones, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, Japanese beetles are kind of seem like they're on the end. Good. Not a lot of bagworms wow. this week. That's good. Hopefully, which was kind of great. Mm -hmm. Had a lot of, uh, probably the most common question is uh, a lot of disease on tomatoes and squash. Oh. Yeah. And what kind of signs kinda do they show? Goes along with the humid yuck weather. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yellow, yellow leaves, yellow with brown spots. That's what to look for. Yeah. Is it usually one specific disease, or is there a variety? Or well, there can be. Well, obviously, there's you know a few more than one. Different but ones, but are, is there a main one that we have to combat in this area? For the tomatoes, there's some 
foliage, foliar diseases that are soil-borne. And yeah. f- for all practical purposes, there's early blight, late blight, satori leaf spot, and the symptoms look pretty much the same. Almost the same, yeah. So, yeah. and it's not necessary that you identify which of the three it is because your control methods are really best as, used as cultural methods, and that's to, when you see the early onsets of some of the leaves, remove them, get them in the garden, uh, when you water, keep the water at the base of the plant so you keep the foliage dry. Uh, keep the plant pruned and opened up as air best you can so you have air circulation, yeah. mm. uh, that they're not too crowded. Um, you might have to consider next year if you have the luxury of putting them in a different part of the garden. If you have disease this year, put them in a different place just because it's a soil-borne disease and it can persist. Oh. Um, but it, it's, you know, chemical controls are are almost impossible yeah. and I wouldn't do them on my tomatoes because I'm not going to apply a chemical and try and then consume tomatoes here within a day or days of applying that chemical so okay. I think cultural methods are your your best friend uh, but yeah. that's the the most common I mean there's other problems but that's 90% of the problems that people have with tomatoes uh, blossom yeah. end rot, which is not really a disease. It's a physiological watering, problem yeah. where you have that brown sucking spot on the bottom of the tomato. Because um, you haven't had consistent it's, water? It's a calcium deficiency with the plant. Okay. So, so make sure they're mulched in real well. Make sure you're using the fertilizer with calcium as a trace element. If you plant, uh, when you plant, or you can even top dress it, but it takes so long to become effective. You can use some of the... Uh, marine cuisine type of products that are lobster shells or some other thing or you know like I Lee Kabuti always planted uh, eggshells egg in shells. with the tomatoes yeah. you know oh, that's uh, right. so you have extra calcium available to the plants but again those are natural sources that take a while to become available there is a commercial chemical out there that's uh, more readily available calcium that you could apply mixed with water and and pour on the plants and uh, and help them out if you need something yeah. more quickly. Okay. Yeah. And still be edible. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. This is Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. You can uh, phone in at 217-356-9397 or text 351-5357. Just a quickie along with the tomato talk. Mm-hmm. I had a customer that had a 16-inch pod, and they planted three tomatoes in it. <laughs> Well, what are we gonna, what are we gonna do? <laughs> what did you so, say? Cut so, two of them down so, to the ground? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh. Yeah, I said pick which one you, that's the healthiest and the the one that you really want to eat. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, that's... they created a monster. <laughs> well, you know, to try and keep up watering, it's so crowded. You're going to have yeah. so much foliage together yeah. you're going to be prone to disease problems and no yeah. air circulation with it and um, it just wouldn't be very productive at all plus i don't know how you can keep it upright and keep it from blowing over with all that <laughs> yeah. top weight too yeah. but oh, uh, okay so it's it's a challenge but they yeah. i mean they were smart they had the biggest pot they could get their hands on i guess yeah, yeah. a 16 inch pot is great yeah. quite often people want to put it in a 10 or 12 inch pot and yeah. that just doesn't work yeah or if you really want to grow tomatoes in a container, uh, consider varieties that are determinate. They don't get as tall and as large and don't keep going for the sky. And that's more practical in a container. And yeah. you can still get great fruit. Sure. It's just a different way to do it. Okay. Yeah. Well, as as they said, uh, this is a, a life lesson learned. 
You know, exactly. You know, next year we'll do three separate pots. And, yeah, and not the end of the world by any means. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. and that's what gardening is all about, right? Yep. Yep. You try it out. For sure. If it doesn't work, you try it again. I had a pleasant surprise that uh, I put my mums in the ground last fall. Wasn't really thinking about it, but just left them alone. And my yellow ones are blooming now, starting to open up. I'm so excited. Wow, good for you. Thank you. It's like one of those, uh, I just just wasn't expecting it, I guess. (laughs) So I can't wait for them all to open up. Hey, getting back to vegetables. Steve, thank you for the beautiful vegetables that you brought me. You're welcome. You brought me the most beautiful head of cabbage that it's like photo worthy. And then, oh my, oh, you have variety of potatoes. Oh, wait, oh, no, this are, is garlic. No, that's an onion. That's a, yes, it is. That's an onion. Now that I smell it. <laughs> there you go. And the potatoes are just Yukon Golds. Is that like a but small red onion? from the garden, onion? too. And it's uh, potato harvest time for most yeah. people. Oh, how fun. Yeah, at least on some varieties. And the Yukon Golds that we grew this year are dying back nicely, and it's time to pop them out of the ground. Uh, we've got a lot of fingerling potatoes that are still really not turning brown or yellow at all the foliage is still super green and some of them are even still flowering so, so you just they'll, wait they'll just stay in the ground you know and if yeah. you get in a hurry you can always pop one up and see what it looks like down there and see what you got going and you could do it early and get some new potatoes if you will true some smaller really tender ones and uh, those uh, potatoes that you have tamara were harvested last weekend Really? And so when you first pull them out of the ground, the skins are so tender. I mean, if you just barely rub them with your hands, you're rubbing the skins off. And so you have to be pretty careful not to bruise them and damage them. And so those were uh, lightly wiped off, but ever so lightly, because you can see the the skins intact. And that's why they're still dirty. So obviously, if you get them home, you can wash them, or you can just leave them like that and then wash them right before right, you. Right, eat them. Yeah, or before you eat them. them. Yeah, prepare them. Yes, and thank you very thank much. You for so John for made, yeah. brought some John this week, and what did you make with we, yours? We made a German potato salad. Whoa. Yum. You got a recipe to share? It's a quickie. It's uh, cubed potatoes, uh, bacon, onions, parsley. Nice. Garlic. Okay. Yeah. And he ate it warm like a real German. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to oh, you got, you got, well, you got to have a little vinegar and mustard. Yeah, okay. slurry in there. So. Let's go to the phone lines at 356-9397 and talk to Mike. Hey, good morning, Mike. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. Good. I, I, my quick question is I, I've heard several times you mentioned it this morning about when you water your tomato plants, make sure you don't get the water on the leaves, get it on the ground, uh, which kind of makes sense. But when it rains, our leaves get wet. What's the difference between watering it yourself or when it rains, why is rainwater uh, doesn't that affect the uh, leaves and the water from my hose does? That's an excellent point. Well, question. It, it does affect it. Uh, and what you're just trying to do is uh, affect it the least amount possible. So, yeah, you can't help it. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. And, and you're grateful for that. But that repetitive, I'm out there daily or every other day or how often you're having to water, um, you're just increasing the risk factor and the potential for the disease to splash around. So, uh, and, and, and from a practical standpoint, you're not going to keep the foliage completely dry. You're just trying to keep it, do the best you can. Okay, that's what I thought. Thanks a lot. Thanks, what kind Mike. of tomatoes do you have, Mike? 
usually I do salad tomatoes, cherry tomatoes. I've got some giant toma- cherry tomatoes this year that my wife really likes. Uh, oh, cool. I, I don't have a whole lot of success with the larger tomatoes, but uh, we eat a lot of salad anyway, so these work out fine. That sounds great. Nice. That That's sounds wonderful. good. What if you haven't had luck in the past with the larger tomatoes, Mike? Any ideas as to why or? No, I probably because I'm a poor gardener. <laughs> uh, they they just don't get large, or they uh, they I guess I get some uh, some with a lot of holes in them, but I never see any worms, uh, and uh, and I don't get a lot of uh, tomatoes on plants, so it just. Uh, and like I say, primarily we use them for uh, salads, so the tomato, the cherry tomato size, uh, the ones that yeah. work out best. Yeah, sounds like you've got a good system going on for those. It works every year so far. There you go. That's great. There you go. Any, uh, do you, have you tried a couple different varieties of cherries or pretty much the traditional red cherries? And you said you had a larger red cherry this year. Yeah, no, I, I generally I try different different ones. It just depends on what's available when I, uh, you know, the store, uh, but this year I found the giant uh, cherries, and uh, we finally like those because they're a little bit uh, more meaty uh, than the smaller ones. Yeah, yeah, meaty and juicier, probably. Yeah, I find myself getting a little bit lazier over time, and I don't plant as many cherry tomatoes as I used to, just because once they start coming on, it's like laborious to uh, harvest. <laughs> I mean, because you, I mean, you, you I mean, that many? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm prob- that's the problem. So they go to church with me on Sundays, they go to the neighbor's houses, and yeah. people don't even yeah. when I come. And usually the first 10 or 20 don't even make it out of the garden. You know, they're in my mouth. And then, uh, then you start putting them in the bowl. There you go. Well, thanks for calling in, Mike. Did you have anything else you wanted to discuss? Nope, that was it. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thanks, oh, you Mike. bet. Thanks for calling in. 356-9397 is our phone number. You can also text 351-5357 for the plant experts live at Prairie Gardens. So speaking about the rain, which we first we had a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we haven't this week, but couldn't you just tell the difference between that rainwater on the plants as opposed to your watering with the hose? They always seem like they're a little more stressed, but when they get that real rain down and it soaks into the soil, they just seem like they're fresh and I love it. Especially when you get one after the next, and it really gets a chance to saturate the soil yeah. versus yeah. just not all the way completely. But, yeah, and if you if you got lulled into sleeping on your watering, you know, just because we were fortunate there for about a week or two weeks, uh, and obviously with these temperatures especially coming on, Right now, you're going to be back out there, mm-hmm. if not daily, every other day, or whatever you need to do yeah. uh, for the different type of plantings, and if they're new versus been in the ground for a year or two. But um, containers in full sun, you know, you're back to daily watering. Oh yeah, again, for sure. Yeah, and then also fertilizing too, keeping up with that. I know uh, it's like a, a couple plants that I got a little bit sloppy with in terms of watering in the containers, and so they're. They're overall in pretty good shape, but the foliage isn't as deep and dark as it could be just because it's probably stressed a little bit more. I need to make sure I'm back hydrating those really well. And then I won't just dump a bunch of fertilizer on there, but I will start to feed a little bit more after I make sure it's hydrated really well just to see if I can get them green back up. Because you got to keep those hummingbirds happy. You oh, my gosh, yeah. you got to keep the flowers on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and uh, especially if you're doing a lot of flowering blooming annuals in your containers uh, use one mint for that it helps a lot it just adds a little phosphorus that they need so that's yeah. a that's a good tip too sometimes if you use the all-purpose you're getting a little bit more green foliage but not as much blooms oh okay yeah i see the difference and speaking of hummingbirds unfortunately a lot of the hosta blooms are waning now that mm. i've been cutting down so i'll probably have less that's what they like at my house oh yeah. do they yeah. It's flowers. amazing the variety of plants that they go after. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It's just incredible. I've even <laughs> seen them on lantanas, which I didn't oh, yeah. think they would. Oh, no, they do. Yeah. 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 Lantanas, petunias, callies, yeah. you name it. Yeah. They're after. Nice. You guys ready for a couple of texts? Yes, sir. All righty. Let me. Of course, now it's not going to go there for me. Okay. From Steve in Champaign. I want to put in some ground cover in a shaded area. He likes ivy, uh, but he read that it isn't really good for cats, and uh, they do have an indoor-outdoor cat. And so they thought, well, what what would be a good ground cover that they might be able to use in a shaded area? One of my favorites still is Vinca. It's tried and true. and um, Vinca. Yeah. So it's... Um, Going to be a semi-evergreen. If it's in a shady area, it's going to be a, a almost a pure evergreen for them. It's uh, aggressive and fills in nicely, but doesn't take over as much as English ivy does, typically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, My favorite one is uh, Pachysandra, Japanese spurge. Oh, okay. It's a little bit taller, yeah, but it still will run. It's pretty, and it gets a little white flower on it. Pretty. And do you worry about removing the leaves thoroughly in the winter or as you fall on those or do you just kind of let whatever happens happen it just happens and then uh in the spring i'll come in and kind of rake part of it off yeah but uh if there's a little bit heavy amount it'll make its way up through okay there you go and there's other choices too i mean there's barren strawberry there's uh you coloratus there's sweet woodruff Um, that's another great one i like that yeah Um, those would be some of the best ones that we've talked about you certainly could use english ivy too but it does um, take over it's pretty aggressive starts to uh, get into siding and cling onto the house if it's wood siding or something like that or brick or stone Um, runs up trees trees um, so runs into the neighbor's yards yeah and it's uh physically a little bit more to get the um leaves out of it if they're sitting on top it's not so bad in the fall but if they work their way down in to try and pull them out you're fighting the string and the binding of it yeah. so okay. leaf, more leaf blower is pretty effective but not as well as raking okay so yeah so it gets a little messy now getting back to vinca isn't that an annual well there or are annual varieties but i'm talking about a perennial there variety. is a perennial variety oh yeah vinca yeah. oh yeah i didn't know that yeah probably more well known than the annual variety in, oh. in many ways the annual varieties come on a lot the last five years in terms of awareness and popularity just it's good for good sunny spots mm-hmm. and it blooms all summer but this is a lower growing smaller leaf shinier darker leaf uh, and it only has typically a lavender blue flower you there is a white flowering variety but it's seldom seen okay out there. Yeah. 
And it, that's always the question when somebody asks for vinca. <laughs> do you want the annual or do you want the, the perennial vine? That's the first thing we ask. Yeah. And it's vinca minor. Is the perennial. Vinca is the genus name and minor is the species name, yeah. Okay, for the perennial kind. Yeah, and a variety okay. that we often most sell is a variety a cultivar called Bowles, B-O-W-L-E-S. It's just a good performer. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. You know, uh, we have another text. It says, right after the News Gazette article on aster yellows, I checked my coneflowers and found that one, uh, that on one plant. I cut back the stems on that plant and put them in the garbage. I can't bring myself to dig up the entire plant. Will cutting them back short this fall help? So, aster yellows. Uh, and because those aren't typically, those aren't a coneflower, right? Could no, he's talking about a disease problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I did not read the article, I and I'm either. Yeah, and so I don't, I don't even know what it what it said. But, um, well, what can you tell us about uh, cutting back the coneflowers? Well, I guess the first thing I would probably do is just again clean my pruning shears after having cut them uh, with either a ten percent bleach solution or take take a cotton ball rubbing alcohol and just clean them off with that and smart to go ahead and get rid of the diseased leaves and stems and stuff like that like like he did right. he or she did and then i if they wanted to just take a wait and see approach they can do that but i think it sounds to me like the article but again i haven't read it, it sounded like it was removing suggesting about removing the Debris. the entire plant but okay i haven't read the article so yeah yeah all right but that's smart yeah that's what i would do i would do at least go that far and then wait and see what happens okay and how since we were talking about coneflowers anyway um yeah what how what what would you do to prepare them for winter would you want to cut them down well a lot of people like to leave the the spent blossoms for the birds oh that's what i'd do excellent you know unless unless you're concerned about it being not tidy enough right uh, for your for your viewpoint so some people will cut them off but yeah finches a lot of Small birds will just love the seeds, so it's yeah. a good food source. Yep. Okay, nice. Yep. Okay. And, and they're do as, do typically as pretty winter hardy, so as far usually. as mulching them in, it's usually not much of a, a problem. Unless yeah. you're already mulching as far as, uh, you know, to keep for weed control and, mm-hmm. and water conservation. Okay. You know? Yeah, I mean, we don't want to cover the you don't want to cover up the foliage, which is good. You just don't have to necessarily mound fo- extra mulch up around them to help them overwinter. Yeah, because they're pretty tough. Okay. Wow, I wouldn't have expected that, but that's great. Uh, that came from Trish. Trish, thanks for your text. Uh, you can text us at 217-351-5357, or you can just phone us at 217-356-9397 for the plant experts live at Prairie Gardens. So uh, you've been to a few of the shows, Steve, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, there are usually different trends for each year. Like this year ended up being the year of the gnome, really, because uh, you had gnomes. For- We've had two years of gnomes. Two years, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are you seeing any anything new or fresh or uh, anything that could trend I, I in the next few years? Uh, I can't say that there's any one thing that's obvious to us, no. Okay. Uh, there's lots of energy and design talent going into trying to create new product mm-hmm. in uh, home decor and garden accents. Um, but as far as 
any one thing? I, I can't say so. I think the, the as, when it comes to the outdoor garden accents, I think there's as much or more energy into different solar uh, pieces as, as anything that would be, again, just for lighting purposes, accents that could be enjoyed uh, more throughout the evening and dusk and not just during the day. Nice. Yeah, but I, I don't think there's any one thing that I can see out there. Yeah. Just um, despite some of the chaos with um, all the crazy, stupid, increased costs for ocean freight mm. coming in, uh, a lot of the small garden gizmos and things um, are... Uh, there's some really good values that we'll be having again for next year. So we're excited about that. Uh, Pottery-wise, uh, excited about all the offerings that we're going to have. Uh, more and more new, small, fresh ceramic pots in for the houseplant craze. That We have a great selection now, but we'll have more and more over the next few weeks. So there'll be plenty of that going in. Um, availability for saucers and coasters and caddies and all that houseplant kind of stuff. Great. Uh, should be should be strong. You have some good. yeah, really cool planters up front. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines at three five six nine three nine seven and talk to Rick from Longview. Good morning, Rick. How are, are you? Good good morning. Doing fine. How are you today? We're doing great, thanks. Good. I have a question for Mr. Brown. Um, I, I was wondering why uh, or if it's if it's if it might be possible, have you ever considered selling uh, like sweet corn in bulk? It, it, we have, and we we you do, have. but okay. we we we've we've had a like other places a problem with supply this year. Um, yes, I, I realize that. So what we were able to offer was minimal compared to the past, but okay. typically just. A line of extra sweet and maybe phenomenal and a few other ones. So we will typically carry two to three varieties of a shrunken gene, maybe a sugar-enhanced um, hybrids. Right. Um, and hopefully next year things will stabilize and we can have a better supply. But um, okay, um, and I think I don't I don't know. I think the the days of where we would used to sell it. Most of our customers aren't in the position where they're buying pounds of it. You know, right, they're buying right. maybe a, a quarter of a pound or a half a pound at the most, uh, something yeah. like that for most garden sizes. But, yeah, we'll continue to carry it, and hopefully the supply chain will shake out and not be so crazy next year. Okay. Well, but I, we, I, I guess, we appreciate I, that. I, guess I, have, I have never really uh, – uh, been there when I've been able to find the the bulk bulk stuff. So have, either I'm have not you, in the uh, right spot or, or we've got a uh, it's an obnoxiously fluorescent green cabinet that we have the bulk <laughs> seed in, and it's about okay. five feet wide and about four feet tall with a bunch of drawers in it, and okay. uh, all the all the bulk seed is there and. You know, the everything, all the bulk seed came in late this year just with the supply chain problems. And so oh. uh, we went through a lot of traditional things like lettuces and radish and carrots and and beans and peas. And, again, the corn right. was the latest and, and was uh, canceled in many situations. But so typically it starts to arrive in February, late February, mid-February. Uh, but this year uh -huh. I think most of the seeds didn't come in until, what, John, late March? It was late. It yeah. was even in the into April. Yeah. On the, the bulk seeds, yeah. yeah. 
Okay. But well, it'll be up well, there by I'm... the package seed and the potatoes and the onions and that kind of stuff in the spring. But it's 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 okay. Mountain Dew green. Uh, That's a good analogy. <laughs> yeah. Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I I I planted a, about a half an acre this year for Boy Scout troop and and they are they're they're selling for their last time today, and so. Uh, Where are you selling? Variety, uh, we're in Villa Grove. Okay, uh, right downtown, or right. where are you? Well, r- r- at the four-way stop. Okay, cool. And, and did, uh, what variety this, did you this, grow? This, this, well, I planted two varieties, and I really can't tell you because the one was nothing but numbers, and I ordered ordered it online from a seed uh-huh. house, and yep. and looked looked through all their varieties, and I picked one. I was very disappointed with it. It was only about eight rows around and maybe six to seven inches long. So that was, that was an early variety. That was a 67-day variety. And, uh, I mean, I, I paid a phenomenal price for, I think I got maybe 2,000 seeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, so then uh, I had a... a uh, Cortiva uh, salesman, he had some seed and he donated some some seed, which was a 74-day variety. And right now they are just huge ears. They're bi-colored, and mm-hmm. uh, they're 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 uh, nice nice size ears. So uh, we we picked we picked corn last night, and they're they're selling. This will be the sixth uh, time we've sold uh, this this summer we usually sell like tuesday or wednesdays and then uh on saturday and so hopefully uh they'll do well and and it's it's a fundraiser for the for the scouts so uh, that's awesome that's cool that's great so will you have enough to get you through the day or will you be selling only till through the morning or early afternoon well what we we picked what we thought we could sell and uh they'll probably sell till about one o'clock or so and uh what they don't sell uh, there's a, a a Girl Scout that that for a Girl Scout project, she's doing uh, like a food pantry. So what we have left over, we'll donate to their to her food pantry to for people to come and get. That's great. Nice. That's, That's cool. great. That's awesome. So at the four way stop at Villa Grove till about one o'clock today, fresh sweet corn. You got picked last night. You got it. Hey, did you yep. have much of a do you have much of a critter problem, deer or coons or anything getting into the corn well, or do you? We we had we had a, a uh, some problem. Uh, my, I'm gonna say probably mainly coons uh, with the early variety, but this second variety we've had no no damage in it. Now this is this was uh, sweet corn that was not sprayed with any insecticide or any fungicide, uh, and so there are uh, the bores at the end of the ears. So, you know, you just peel back and you, you see that worm at the end of the year, just cut it off. But, you know, it, it has not been sprayed with, with anything dangerous. So you might lose an inch or inch and a half at the end, but other than that, you're good to go, huh? Yes. Yes. That's, That's cool. awesome. Nice. What uh, Do you mind me asking what you're selling it for, price-wise? We're, we're selling it for, for four to five. I think it's $4 a dozen. Wow. That's a good deal. That's a great deal. Not well, sprayed. You know, we'll be hmm. by shortly after the show ends. Yeah, I think I'm going to be making a road trip to Villa Grove here. No kidding. <laughs> that well, sounds great. Uh, you know, we, we, you know, 
I'm I'm one of the scout leaders, and uh, I look at it from the standpoint of I have to know what my community can can support us with, and that's why we we price it the way we did. Versus if I was in Champaign or Savoy or Urbana, it would be definitely five dollars a dozen. Yeah. Oh, at least. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have the boys yeah. there with you now? Yes, there there are my, my the the actually the scout master is is working the stand today and he's got like four boys that are helping him and uh, they they're sitting in there got it all bagged got not all of it bagged up but got corn bagged up all you do is pull up and put the window down and you know give us uh, the money and we've set the corn in and away you go. So what if you get yeah, a run on nice. here, Mike? Can you pick any more during the day, or are you just going to just sell out early? We're probably just going to sell out with what we got. I don't know. We've we've probably got probably close to a hundred dozen in there. Wow, that's pretty cool. Nice, That'd be awesome. If you can raise four or five hundred bucks this morning, that really would be awesome. Yeah. And, and I, the boys- I mean, right, right, right now, right now, we're, we've if we if we can sell out what we have today. Uh, they're going to come close to having $1,500. That's great. Good for them. That is so, great. So other than sustaining the troop, do you have any projects in mind uh, that is going to be the greatest beneficiary of the funds raised? Or um, Well, we'll, 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 we'll use it to help uh, some kids that, that are in need, that are in scouts. We, our troop is, consists of, uh, oh, boy, we've got probably tw- at least 25 boys that are in the troop and uh so they go to they'll go to merit badge clinics and things like that and we'll tell them okay you know uh you go we pick up uh, a portion of of the cost to, to go to the go to that clinic uh, or uh, i know we helped a couple of boys that went to summer camp so uh it's uh it's all all helping out that's great that's fantastic cool the- the uh, the boys that are there, you want to give them a quick shout out. Well, uh, I think I think we got uh, uh, Zach and we've got uh, Jay, Chase, and I'm trying to think who else the who else. I'm not sure what the other two boys' names were that, that were in there this morning. But uh, uh, Jeremy Bennett is our uh, leader. He lives in Camargo and. Uh, He's uh, been he's he's been very active and he's young and he, he's got a lot of boys come in within the last couple of years so uh, the, nice. the troop is healthy. All right. Very good. Awesome. Well, Rick, we really appreciate well, you calling you. in. Thank you. Uh huh. Oh, certainly. You bet. Have a good Everybody. day. Thanks, you Rick. too, and thank you for all your efforts for the Boy Scouts. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Plant experts live at Prairie Gardens and. Uh, Boy, real quick, do you want to run down? I know you've got 25% off on hydrangeas. Yeah, That's butterfly right. bush, perennial uh, hibiscus, uh, super special on these uh, one-gallon and two-gallon echinacea, uh, anywhere from 15 to 20 bucks normally, on sale for 12 bucks, 20 varieties. Yep. Just about every color you could possibly imagine. That's through Monday. Single and doubles, and that goes through Monday. And then there's a coupon for some really nice foliage hanging baskets, houseplant hanging baskets, at prairiegardens.com or Prairie Gardens Facebook page. You can grab the coupon and show that at the cashiers, and they'll give you that super price. But lots of fresh colors. Uh, I think just about every annual is marked down, except for the hanging baskets out there and the flowering annuals. 
uh, anywhere from 25 to 50 percent off. Uh, lots of good color. Wow. Got a great new shipment of some cool uh, house plants, some some neat little succulents, some of the vining ones. So yeah, really, yeah, uh, definitely. I think you had some solid green and some variegated green and white string of string pearls, of pearls in there, and then on some traditional foliage plants just a best selection of some of the striped and colorful ones whether it's some of the marantas or calatheas uh, just some screaming color yep. really exotic looks definitely Pretty worth cool. uh, coming out and perusing everything that's available here at prairie gardens john weisgarver steve brown thank you both so much thank you, thank you. all right those are our experts and i want to thank our producer dave leak and our on-site engineer Brooke Sholem. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Brooke took photos of all of the flowers we discussed today, so if you want to uh, find those on Facebook, they would be under WDWS, and a podcast of this show will be available later today at WDWS.com, as well as previous podcasts if you want to take a listen. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a great weekend.